You're listening to a Botsy Short with Lisa Schinninger and Julia Dumay. And uh, we're going to be talking real quick because we both have lots of feelings on uh, Mad Max Fury Road, which, yeah, I will turn it over to you, Lisa, since you've seen it most recently. Yeah. And I, I think I've already sort of talked about how good it is a couple of times, <laughs> so... Well, I'm just going to say that I'm planning to die historic on the Fury Road because Jesus, like that was, I walked out of that movie. Well, I walked into the movie thinking that I was really going to like it because a lot of people um, that I trust said really great things about it. Um, And I walked out of it like they didn't even begin to approach the level of liking this. Yes. Yeah. It was not, there was no way to express it, Um, like to explain it to somebody before they go in. It was Amazing. And it's not going to be to everybody's taste because it is really violent. It's no. basically a 90 minute car chase in the middle of the desert. But like, yeah, it was fantastic. First of all, like, I don't even know how many times I have seen an action movie just like straight ahead, foot down, complete wall to wall action with so many female characters. I never even caught all of their names. Yeah. Like, it, I do, I, there were so many women, I couldn't keep them all straight. Like, I, yeah. that's, and named women with lines, with personalities, with things to do that weren't just like running after some guy or like handing a guy his gun so he can go out and do stuff. Like, yeah, it was, it was amazing. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It was just incredible. Um, and you mentioned, you know, the violence, but I gotta say, I was surprised by, how not gratuitous the violence was like I was I walked like my initially you said that I was like well it wasn't all that violent and then I realized it was pretty violent it just it wasn't like Game of Thrones where they're lingering on it and fetishizing it and sexualizing the violence and just none of it felt gratuitous or excessive um there was not a lot of like really loving shots of guts and gore and yeah torture um it it didn't feel there was only as much as was absolutely necessary it felt like to me yeah it felt like i i a lot of action movies um even ones that i would give um a pass on like that i don't think of as hyper violent like they're really into fetishizing like blood loss and limb mm. loss and like the the moment of um, separation between a person and their arm or their leg Ugh, or their yeah. head, you know, like it's really lovingly like the camera caresses these hyper violent actions, but that's not really what happens in Mad Max. Like, no. And also like, and I don't want to, I don't want to pretend like it's a perfect movie. Like it's um, a shining beacon of perfect uh, action through a feminist lens because it's not, I mean, yeah. nothing's ever going to be. But yeah. It, like, the fact that um, the the women who are being transported, and I'm sure everybody knows the story by now, Furiosa is smuggling um, the bad guy, the big, nasty, ugly, disgusting monster guys, beloved, treasured brides out of his compound. Um, yes. And she's rescuing them, basically. Um, so we know that these women have been enslaved and horrible things have been done to them and they're not the only women there who have had these things done to them either they're just the ones that she's getting out 
Mm-hmm. Um, but we know, ne- I mean, like any other movie, we would open with this guy doing t- terrible things to women. Yeah. Like, yeah. We would get flashbacks of these women enduring terrible things, but that never happens. Like, it's just there. We know that these things have happened to them. And now we're going to focus on how these women are getting themselves out of that position. Yeah. Um, which it's I thought just was, like, it, yeah. And like we're brilliant. Su- we're supposed to take it as horrific enough that they are being treated as property. Right. Um, that they are just things to him, to this warlord. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it trusts the audience to believe, oh, that's pretty horrific. I don't need a lot of torture and rape and brutality. I don't need to see it. Like, oh, this guy's a fucking warlord. Uh, and yeah, I'm like, it, yeah, yeah. 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 Like, how... How great is it to be part of an audience that the movie trusts? Like, mm. you know, we don't have to have um, one of the women sit down and spill all and tell, you know, Max or um, is it Nux? Is that yes. Nux. Um, like, they don't have to spill out this horrible, tragic backstory and, like, enumerate all of the ways in which they have been mistreated um, and brutalized. It's just enough that he knows who they are and where they came from. Like, he knows what happens and the audience knows what happens we don't need to see it to know because we've seen it enough like <laughs> we have dozens of years of movies of, of yeah exactly what happens we and, have five you know, seasons real of life. game of thrones right right oh god game of thrones yeah like <laughs> that's the like that's the thing that frustrates me so much is not only are these things gratuitous and unnecessary to a story but it's so insulting to your audience to think that you have to be like spelling it out for them every every minute of the day because then that also creates this environment where you think that's like titillation like mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. um and i just that been i was so grateful that this movie didn't do any of that because i could be horrified by the violence in front of me like yeah the violence that takes place on the fury road and i didn't yeah. have to be um you know terrorized by the things that had happened to these women um, when they were in captivity. Um, and I also really enjoyed that they were active participants in their own escape. Like, yes, it wasn't just Furiosa was like, okay, oh yeah, you're not his things, but now you're my things. I'm sticking you in the Yeah, it going. wasn't the one enlightened woman who had to rescue the others. Right. It was, you know, and some of them were dealt with it in different ways and had different reactions but Mm -hmm. they all yeah um yeah it was just really they gave them all distinct personalities yes um even in and action movies in general are not heavy on a ton of really in-depth characterization Mm -hmm. but as far as action movie characters go they were all really distinct they had their own personalities they were all fleshed out yeah um yeah, it was uh it was just fantastic. You know, there's one other thing that I really just I want to just like meet George Miller and just shake his hand and be like yeah. thank you so much because you've proven that these things that I that I like can happen without the things that I don't like. Um Yeah. And that was Furiosa and Max, like they have they like develop this begrudging relationship, mm-hmm. but where they work together um toward common goals um without there was no like sexual tension like we didn't yeah. have to 
like if you walked out of the movie thinking that there was some, I'm not going to argue with you. But the thrust of the movie was not, oh, and then these two crazy kids are going to hook up. Like, yeah, um, I'm like, I could really see it as well. in the distant future. Like mm-hmm. I could see maybe the two of them after the equivalent of therapy in that post-apocalyptic <laughs> world. I know, I'm like, as it like- is husks of human beings yeah exactly (laughs) i'm like they're too way too crazy but i i could see it in the future in the distant future when they both had time to heal a little coming back and yes but yeah yeah, i was totally happy i was like oh that's great and they had clearly by the end like a very special intimate bond Mm -hmm. but it was not in any way sexualized yeah well it's the kind of it's the kind of bond that we're used to seeing in action movies but it's always a dude and a dude like if you mm-hmm. think about lethal weapon or you think about any of the diehards where he gets a sidekick yeah um like there's this really close relationship where they work together and save the day um without there having to be like you can have intimacy without sex like sexualizing the relationship um so it was just really refreshing to see that with a guy and a girl like like yeah. when does that ever happen? You always get yeah. like the arm candy in the action movie whose only role is to like run around flesh and tits and ass and then make out with the hero as his reward at the end. So Yeah. 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 Um and I I actually shifting gears, um, although I could talk about how glorious it is <laughs> in, you know, through a feminist lens for a long time. Um, but shifting gears briefly, uh you know, I I I may have said this before, but I walked into it sort of thinking, okay, well, you know, that'll, I was curious. Um, and mm-hmm. I found out my brother really, really wanted to see it and has been anticipating it for like six months, Really, which was surprising. Um, and that kind of intrigued me more in addition to what I'd already heard in terms of reviews and, uh, the buzz on the internet because my brother has very very eclectic tastes and very interesting tastes so when i i found out he was really excited about it i was like okay i'm i'm intrigued Mm -hmm. um but i walked into it kind of like ugh, i don't know i'm not sure about this um but i was like well it sounds like it won't be terrible um Mm -hmm. i don't know how great it'll be but i'm kind of sick of action movies yeah and then i walked out of it realizing you know i'm not sick of action movies i'm sick of cg Mm -hmm. you know i'm sick of cg standing in for everything else for any actual like work to to make a movie make sense yeah um and i'll i'll find a link for you because i enjoyed the sb nation their review of it Uh but even more amazing were their comments there were just some amazing comments to, and SB Nation just has a fantastic commentariat in general. It makes me wish I were more into sports so mm-hmm. that I could do more commenting. Um, but there was a magnificent, def- like, discussion in the comments of this movie from a technical standpoint from somebody who said, you know, in every respect, pretty much, um, filming an action sequence, filming a fight scene is like filming a dance scene. Mm-hmm. You have to be aware at all times of what each body is doing right? Um, in space, in time, in relation to all the other bodies in the sequence. And this is done masterfully in this movie. Oh, yeah. Um, and I was like, you know, that is completely true. I had not realized 
how much I took for granted just chaotic action sequences that I just get up and go to the bathroom during because <laughs> yeah. I I don't care. I know roughly what's going to happen um, depending on the beats of the movie. Like where we are in the movie, okay, I know how mm-hmm. who's going to win in this action scene. I can go to the bathroom. Yeah. Um, well, and, and I yeah, there's an immediacy to like practical action. Yeah, um, that doesn't that you you can tell. I mean, like as good as the best digital effects are, you can still tell that it's not really there. You know, yeah. like there's there's like a presence like and the thing that drives me crazy is um they use green screen for locations now. Like, yeah, it's just some guys on a stage and then they put in the whole city around them and you can tell that it's not something's not quite right, no matter how yeah. good the CG is. Um, And that's what I really enjoyed about this was it felt like dangerous. Like mm-hmm. I was oh, I was aware of where people were in relation to each other because you could. You could actually see the physical relationships between things. Yeah. And all that Um, CG, you know, you mentioned dangerous and that's perfect. That's exactly what I was about to say. Because in these heavily CG fight scenes, I think right before this, like the week before, two weeks before I saw the new Avengers movie. Mm -hmm. Um, And that opening. Yeah. You know, these heavily CG sequences, there's no suspense to them. Not only in terms of plot, do you know what's going to happen, but, you know, the benefits of CG is that, you know, these CG characters can take a lot more punishment mm-hmm. and they can do superhuman things. And that's great when it's used sparingly, but when you're completely immersed in it all the time, it takes away so much of the sense of danger and suspense yeah. and physicality. You're like, oh, okay, this is a superhero who right. is superhuman. And, you know, in movies now you're like okay when it's practical you're like okay even if they're stuntmen that's still a real person right um you know they're limited by what a real person even one in extraordinary shape who can take a lot of punishment can do um yeah immediacy is an excellent word for it and And danger you can see the way a physical body reacts to a physical force um, yeah that you cannot even the best cg can't mimic that you know yeah um, of a, a, a body connecting with uh, fake, <laughs> but still actually present in the moment. Uh, prop is going to react differently than two digital characters coded on a screen. Like, um, I'm trying to think. There was a like when they had uh, Max. This isn't a spoiler. When they had Max up as the blood bag, which we mm. saw in the trailers. Um, like you can actually see that he is actually strung up there. He's actually yeah. fixed to this this pole on this vehicle that's moving and you know whether it's tom hardy or whether it's his uh his uh stunt guy like you can actually see like the wind acting on his body you can see the dirt acting on his body the Mm -hmm. force of the movement through the air like it's it was amazing like it was (laughs) like it felt so real and even though you know that most of it is fake because it's a movie and they're you know they're only reacting to things that come within a couple of inches of their body um, they're not always, you know, like a fist is not actually making contact with a chin. Um, yeah. But it still feels more realistic than, you know, if the CG fist actually hit the CG chin. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I really, I just, I don't know. Like there's something about um, like a movie like this where it is so punishing. And yeah, that, like the in the making of it that they went to these lengths to make it punishing. Um, 
like where they were actually in the desert for six months doing this. Like And like Tom Hardy and Charlize Theron were completely sick of each other because yeah. they'd been stuck in a truck together for months. <laughs> I'm like, like yeah, yeah, fair enough. Any road trip movie that doesn't stick its main actors in a car on a road trip for like weeks at yeah. a time. Like I need more realism than that. Like I've been yes. on a road trip with people that I love that I don't like by the end of it or mm -hmm. you know like people you don't really know that well and by the end you're best friends like um and yeah like the cg thing we've talked about um i mean how many action movies have we watched now that we talked about on this podcast and oh there, yeah and two main complaints are always there's too much cg and the action doesn't make sense like yeah um, but this movie i think did both of those things completely correct the cg that they do use is not obtrusive um even though you know that yeah um, Charlize Theron is not a fetal amputee. Like, you believe that she is missing her arm below the elbow. Yeah. Like, you know that that's CG, but it's used so sparingly in the movie that you forget that that's not yes, a real arm. Yes, it's so minimal um, yeah. that you never really start noticing the scenes. Mm -hmm. You never notice the places where it uh, doesn't quite look like real, like yeah. real life. Um, yeah, and, you know, it... Another thing, a common complaint of mine with action movies, you mentioned sort of how many have we talked about now. Common thing I'll say is, well, I could have done with fewer action sequences. Here's <laughs> where you should get up and go to the bathroom, get up and get a snack. Yeah, that toilet um, app. <laughs> and I never did. I yeah. was just glued to my seat the entire time. I never, it never felt excessive mm -hmm. to me it never felt like okay here's another like not only am i not going to know what's going on because it's such chaos of cg that i can it's also completely unnecessary um everything felt it was just a really tightly done movie yeah yeah was, uh, something i was going to ask you about um like how did you feel like character wise about like, because I noticed that there was something that I did in this movie that I never ever do at action movies, and that was like I cried. Like, um, huh? When a character died, I'm not going to say which one, but when a character died, I actually was so invested in like the emotional journey of that character that I actually oh, yeah. cried in the theater watching it, like oh, grieving wow. that character, which is not something that ever happens to me in an action movie because they're usually the characters are so thin. Um, yeah, you know. Uh, and even though this one, like, the arc of this character was broadcast pretty well in advance based on the person that they hired to play this character, um, <laughs> I kind of knew that we were in for, like, a redemption story. Like, that was pretty obvious in the <laughs> casting. But still, like, it, I did not expect to react to it the way that I did. Did you feel that way at any point? Like, did you, how did you feel about the character work? Yeah, I know. I think I... I'm like, huh, there's two characters I thought of when you were describing that. And I'm like, okay, the one you you mean, yeah, I I was. I was like, oh, I didn't cry, but it was really, really sad for me. Mm -hmm. Um, And I also, I cheered, like, at the moment when Joe was killed, mm -hmm. when they managed to successfully kill um the warlord Joe. Um, I actually, like, cheered out loud in the theater. Like, I yeah. yelled. I was like, yeah, in the theater. Yeah. Um, and yeah, because I just, you know, it managed to get me. And you mentioned, you know, and I think we discussed a little bit earlier, we mentioned this, that a lot of action movies, the characters are kind of thin um, at best. Yeah. Uh, they really are just sort of cardboard cutouts. Um, but this, even, 
you know, it's an action movie. It's not a long, quiet drama um, where you're going to get a lot of care- intensive character studies. But right. again, everything is so tightly done and carefully done that you end up getting a very good sense of these characters. Even if, mm-hmm. I mean, they are archetypes, sure. They're kind of, they're still sort of ciphers, but they are really really well done it really pushes the bounds of characterization i think for act for an action movie yeah i think so too um yeah because like there it was such a large cast first of all yeah um i mean again back to there were so many named integral female characters that i lost track of their names like oh yes you know yeah it, it just it was like um, in The Hobbit. I can never keep track of all the dwarves. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm terrible with names anyway. So I'm like, yeah. okay, sure, that one, the the dark haired one, the other dark haired one. Yeah, yeah Charlize Theron. Yeah. I knew Furiosa, and that was pretty much it. Yeah. Um, and I just, I, I really, even though I think there was one character in particular, one of the wives, um, one of the brides, that I kind of felt like her characterization was a little um like it didn't ring true for me like I still appreciated that it was so distinct from the other women um mm. that it just was just it was just it's so weird to say this about a movie that's all about people killing a bunch of people but it was just nice like yeah um yeah I just I really liked it and then so I did want to specifically talk and this is I did not I knew we had a lot of feelings I didn't know we yes. had any feelings um after opening weekend, I think uh, Anita Sarkeesian had posted on Twitter about like a reaction to the movie that she mm. was disappointed that people were like hailing it as a feminist um, like mm. interpretation of the action genre and saying that um, like we can't really consider an action movie feminist until mm. it does something new where it's not just taking the hyper violent masculine codes of action movies and putting women into those roles Mm. um but i feel like she kind of missed the point a little bit with that because if you look at the art at the arc of the movie what actually happens is we put these women into the roles that are typically male in this Mm -hmm. hyper violent hyper masculine um action trope and what they do is they don't just try to escape. Um, they turn around and they go back and they destroy yeah. that patriarchal system, like, for themselves. Like, and I was like, but that's exactly, like, that's exactly what I thought she was saying that she wanted in an action movie. So I was really confused about why she was like, but it didn't do that. And I'm like, that's exactly what it did. Yeah. It's not, like, uh, one of our that's friends. That's interesting. Didn't like the movie as much as we did. She had a lot of problems with structure and um, logic in this universe. And she made a really good point that, like, the triumph of the movie ends with the credits because it's unsustainable. Like, yeah, um, you know, like they have gone back to this um, this place that this warlord held, you know, with violence, like mm. with like um, terror and treating people badly. Like, there's no way that you can go into that, just step yourselves into yeah. the system and, and, you know, make it like this, like, paradise, like, treating people fairly and sharing resources and stuff because there just aren't enough. Like, the only yeah. way that, that place exists is because of how he ran it. I mean, that's um, sort of the point of 
yeah. to bring it back to Game of Thrones again. That's right. sort of the point of Danny's arc, that you can't yeah. just go in and have the magnificent triumph and yay, right, isn't right, everything right. going to be great now? Yeah, yeah, I think, I think her exact words, our friend was, uh, were, um, this has tragedy of the commons written yes. all over it. Yes. Especially that, that, that final scene, like as they're letting people come up on the lift yeah. into the fortress, like, yeah, that, totally has disaster written all over it like the triumph the triumph ends when the movie ends and then it's just going to be more bad stories after that yeah which is what the mad max trilogy is is just exactly. a cycle of bad stories like you can't escape um because you know who destroyed the world we all did and there's yeah. no coming back from that it just is going to keep happening you're just yeah. going to keep destroying your world but like at the same time though like if we look at just this capsule of the movie they they've done exactly what we all kind of have been hoping an action movie would do where they go in and you know we've got the stoic hero who's the a woman and she's rescuing other women and those women are rescuing themselves and then they destroy this brutal horrible system in which they were all enslaved and they're going to replace it with something new just because it's not going to be like a success doesn't mean that 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 it, what they did wasn't yeah right you know and it's I mean, you have, and I, I think my comment to that friend, um, to our mutual friend, uh, was that, you know, I sound like I'm avoiding her name for some reason. <laughs> it's not anybody famous, FYI. No, nobody particularly exciting. She just hasn't it's George been on Miller. the show. It's, yes, it's George Miller. Um, it's, uh, yeah. Um, and she was, but I said, you know, you sort of, I found it was sort of easy to go into like my, my action movie mode, but it was also easy to go into a sort of myth mode mm -hmm. to look at it as sort of a, a myth rather than an actual story that is going to have a big conclusion and a, a lot of further development. Um, right. that it was, I was able to look at it sort of the way I would, you know, the Iliad. Um, or, or just even more, just more random myth, mythology. Mm -hmm. Um, and I mentioned to her, you know, I've heard also some of the things people have trouble with who are like, well, why is this? Why is that? That some of it makes more sense if you've seen the other movies, but I'm not committed enough to deal with a lot of Mel Gibson. Oh, <laughs> To deal yeah. with that much Mel Gibson and find out for myself. I um, actually, I will let you know because I am committed enough. Really? <laughs> All right. Well, good for you. Three, three Mel Gibson movies. Um, good for you. Yeah. But so I'll let you know. But yeah, that's the same thing. Like there were a couple of, I've seen like, people talking about how unrealistic it is that the society has devolved so far and we don't know how long it's happened but yeah I, from what i understand um the progression is pretty clear through the movies yeah. so yeah. if this is if this is as it's intended to be the fourth movie in that cycle then it makes sense you know how yeah. they've gotten to this point um the other thing there was one nitpick that i have seen a lot of people point out that i was just like no guys listen uh-oh <laughs> Um, how, you know, we assume it's been decades since whatever apocalyptic event happened, right? Because mm. it's been enough time for Furiosa to grow up. It's been enough time for the green place to be destroyed. Yeah. Um, and they were like, but gasoline goes bad. And I'm like, no, they were driving through oil fields. Gastown is a working refinery. Like, oh, yeah. They're not That's just going and like. getting yeah. stockpiled gas. They're actually, Immortan Joe has set up this civilization for himself. 
where he is creating his own resources. There so, is an infrastructure there. Yeah, that's and that's like that was my big like counter nitpick is they you actually before she turns off the road at the very beginning of the movie, you see oil rigs moving. Yeah, in the that's desert right. around. Yeah, him. yeah. That's so what she's heading for right. Right. She's going to get gas. Yeah, and that's why he has the power that he has because he controls that oil field. Yeah. So, yeah, that was my, there. We go. Very good. My counter Thanks for pointing that out. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. That's what I'm here for. Nitpicks well, and, and nitpicks. Yeah. Um, and, you know, like you said at the beginning of, of our short that is not so short now. Not um, so short. Or it's, it's turning into a, a bossy full length or bossy, bossy capri. Um, what is time anyway, right? What is time? <laughs> I um, just don't know. <laughs> I mean, like you said, it's not a perfect movie. Um, and it's not for everyone. Um it's everybody isn't going to enjoy it and no absolutely from a feminist perspective it's not perfect i like mm-hmm. in the feminist utopia that yeah. i wish we lived in this would be <laughs> at best a completely unremarkable movie and at worst it does have some it does have that unfortunate because you know every i i rolled started rolling my eyes in high school at the idea that if women ruled the world everything would be perfect all right. the time because people are jerks regardless of yeah. gender um <laughs> but you know i i'm like okay so that is a little like the idea that oh if women were in charge everything would be fine um but it's not necessarily i saw an interesting description of it in this movie which is that you know it's clear that this guy is a tyrant and terrible in other ways. It's just mm-hmm. that his sexism is sort of at the forefront of that. Um, and it's the women who have been so much on the receiving end that they're the ones who can't take it anymore and, and start rebelling. Yes. Um, you know, which maybe you, t- maybe you accept that. Maybe you don't. Fair enough. Um, and it's not okay like i did sort of roll my eyes at that idea that okay well if women take over everything's going to be perfect and they're good nurturers so they'll be able to make everything green again and fine whatever but i'm like you know i'll take that given what an excellently done action movie this was and how rare any movie with this kind of abundance of female characters is i'm like i'll take imperfections here and there um because not only was it actually trying but it was actually i as a lover of action movies a really well done action movie i thought it was brilliantly crafted it was just really well put together there was nothing excessive in it um and yeah, like, that's my thing. I'm like, yes, in the feminist utopia, this is at best <laughs> an unremarkable movie, but we don't live in the feminist utopia. We right. live in the real world and I'll take it. If there were more movies, the answer is not that this is bad and needs to go away. The answer to this being imperfect is that we need lots of other movies that do different things and are imperfect in their own ways that yeah. are different from the ways in which this is imperfect. Yeah. Like, and I'll, like, if you think about this also as, um, you know, we still look at Alien as, like, like a pinnacle of, mm. like, a not just the stereotypical strong female character. Like, I'm excited to see. and But then you see what comes out of Alien, like, wh- who the character of Ellen Ripley creates in other filmmakers and writers and mm. 
um, you know, what they're inspired by that character to, to create. Like, I can't wait to see what what Mad Max oh Fury gosh. Road is yes. going to be, you know, inspiring in people in the years to come. Like, I I saw on Twitter, and I wish I could remember who said it, because I was just like, God, yes. And, like, I wanted to favor it a million times. Like, <laughs> how great is it going to be in 20 or 30 years and look at Mad Max Fury Road and say, well, it was pretty good for its time. Yeah. But look how far we've come. Oh, like, gosh. I, yeah. I'm really excited for that. Yeah. You know, and I love that that weekend, it's opening weekend, I think, It and Pitch Perfect came out Mm -hmm. the same weekend, Pitch Perfect 2, and um, those were far and away the top movies that weekend. And Pitch Perfect 2 even, like, vastly outstripped Mad Max. Mm -hmm. Um, That, you know, both of these movies just blew everyone away with their performance at the box office i'm just it becomes sort of harder and harder to take seriously like marvel's (laughs) resistance to doing a black widow movie and having only committed to one like captain marvel movie with a female hero and Mm -hmm. one black panther movie i'm like you know clearly people will go to see movies with like primary not only female leads but with ensemble casts that are mostly female right well what was that list that came out like here's the reasons why we can't make a female superhero movie it's because um well we made catwoman 10 years ago and it was shit and it flopped and we made supergirl 30 years ago and it was shit and it flopped and it's like what the fuck well i'm noticing that you know they're both shit too like make good (laughs) movies and oh, I'm sorry. Again, I've I've mentioned this before. I know, but I'm gonna say it again. Ant Man, like Marvel, is just backing off of Ant Man in Marvel hilarious sent me an ways. Email to ask really, if I had bought my Ant Man tickets yet, and I was oh. just, I just laughed and deleted it. Like, <laughs> I'm nope. like, and even Marvel seems to realize because Marvel they will promote their movies mm-hmm. like there's no tomorrow. They are not shy about promoting their movies. But they're not with this one. It just, it feels like they know it's not good and they're trying to just get it out there as quickly as possible so we can all move on with our lives. But is that going to be taken as evidence that we shouldn't do movies with male leads, superhero movies? Of course not. Of course not. I'm like, okay, see, you know, if I were applying their logic of, well, nobody goes to see female superhero movies, um... I would look at the fact that, oh, we had a weekend where two of the biggest, where the two top box office uh, movies were both starring female ensembles, and also this movie starring a male superhero flopped. Gosh, maybe I should make a movie with a female superhero. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm like, all right, but no, no, that's not the logic they're going to go by at all, apparently. Well, you you can make as many movies as you want starring a woman, as long as it's Melissa McCarthy. (laughs) <laughs> yeah yeah that's true like maybe we could get a superhero movie starring melissa mccarthy i would watch that i would watch probably it so i don't know <laughs> i would watch if it. they didn't play it play it as oh ha ha here's a fat woman who is a superhero isn't that funny like it, if that's the entire thing i would yeah. not if they well, played it straight where she actually gets to be a genuine superhero yeah instead of it just being all comedy and laughing at her the whole time i would be up for that well her movies don't do that like they set it up like initially 
like I think that's the joke always is Melissa McCarthy's a fat lady, like haha. Mm. But her movies are always about more than that. Mm. But um, like uh, I can't think of the one where she was, um, she had the Mahalo shirt with the bear on it, and she was like a, she like robbed a fast food place. I can't think of the name of it. Yeah, it really I don't know. But it was like the whole, like all the ad campaigns made it like, oh look at this dumpy. But she like was in charge of her own life and her decisions and. Uh, All right. Really kind of empowered through them, even though she kept making terrible decisions. <laughs> uh, All was, right. Fair enough. Like, I think she's, I, she's, um, I think she's really smart about the scripts that she chooses mm. to get on board with. Um, and I think that's always kind of her, uh, underlying message is always like, I can do these things too. All right. Um, yeah, yeah. That's true. Yeah. A lot of her her comedy a lot of comedy movies i'm like it's not really her comedy in, in particular i just a lot of comedy movies these days i'm not into yeah. so i i don't go to see them very much um i think the last thing i may have seen her in was bridesmaids mm-hmm. so yeah and i'm just like i i'm not into a lot of comedy um but yeah i I'd, I'd be willing to watch that that could be cool yeah Marvel's what would be her superpower I'm trying to think. What would be her superpower now? Like, oh, hmm. I want it to be super strength. Maybe. We have so many of those, though. I was thinking she could... We have not a speedster movie. (gasps) You're right. A speedster movie would be interesting with Melissa McCarthy. I I would watch that. Yeah, Melissa McCarthy is the Flash. Oh, yes. There we go. You're welcome. Another of our brilliant movie ideas. You can send our checks directly to Real Bossy Bridges headquarters, Hollywood. Yes. Yes. There we go. We're going to have to just start a studio sometime. I think so. (laughs) I think you're right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, we got a little off track there with Mad Max, but our point is go see Mad Max, basically. If you like action movies go see it if you're not in action movies you probably won't enjoy it um you know it is it's rated r for a reason there is violence but again it's not like game of thrones where it feels gratuitous or or really just mean-spirited or over the top or fetishized yeah um at all it it's it's pretty violent it's pretty intense but it's it's a hell of a ride. It is just a really, really excellently done movie. Is That's my takeaway. It's a hell of a ride. It's a hell of a ride. <laughs> You're welcome, Miller. I love it. You're welcome. Um, if you can stand to watch six hours or so of Mel Gibson, um, you can pre-order the movie now on Amazon, and it comes in a bundle with the first three Mad Max, and it's All like right. fifty-five dollars, something like that. All right. So you get three early Mel Gibson movies for twenty bucks. That doesn't All right. Seem like that is sort of before Mel Gibson went totally off the rails. Yeah. I have to decide, like, is it worth the 10 cents he's going to get if I buy the movies <laughs> to I watch have, it? I have decided that it is. Like, am I even willing to give him a few dimes from this? I have to decide. Yeah. Well, my thing is, I think George Miller gets some of those dimes, too. So That's true. I'm, That's I'm true. willing to reward George Miller, even if I have to reward all right. Mel Gibson. That's true. Is rewarding Mel Gibson a necessary evil in that? All right. I, in this case, I think that it is. All right. All right. But that's a, everybody that's can a good make way to look at it. Themselves. I'm not yeah. Insist. Unlike other things, I won't insist that you buy this one. <laughs> Trigret, though. Yeah. 
If you log on to you Amazon, know, yeah. that tells you True Grits on sale. I will insist that you buy that. I will come to your house. <laughs> Fair and enough. Make you click that button. Nice. Fair enough. Yeah, that's that's a good choice. That's one where I like it more every time I see it. Yeah. Like I didn't. I walked out of it the first time and I was like, well, that was okay. I I didn't quite. It didn't quite hit me the way it did you and a few of our other friends. Yeah. But I was like, all right. I I don't regret seeing it. I guess. And then I watched it again on Netflix and I was like, oh. That's a lot better than I, th- I remembered. And yeah, so every time, every viewing, I'm like, oh yeah, this is really good. <laughs> it's a grower, not a shower. <laughs> there we go. And on that note, <laughs> I suppose that's a good place to end for the week. Um, I think so. True and, uh, <laughs> Um, and if you want to get in touch with us, you can do that in all the usual places. And usually in a short, I wouldn't list them, but this is not actually a short anymore. No, this so, came along. Uh, you can get in touch with us um, on our website at uh, realbossybritches.com. You can get in touch with us on Twitter um, at uh, Britches Podcast. Is that yes. it? All right. Britches thank Podcast. you. Yeah. I can never keep straight which is the Twitter and which is the website. So thank you, Lisa. Um, and we're also on Tumblr and Facebook. You can also subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes. Please do. Um, and you can find us. I think those are the main places. Are we on any other, any other places, Lisa? There's, no, there's, um, I can't think of the name of it. There's another podcast place if you don't get your podcasts from the RSS feed or from, uh, iTunes, but I, a Stitcher, maybe? Oh, okay. We're on Stitcher. Stitcher yeah, Stitcher. All right. Very good. <laughs> and also Stitcher. We're, We're Stitcher. social media mavens, you can say. Yes, we are. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so get in touch with us. Share your thoughts on Mad Max. Talk yes, to us yes. about it on action movies, on what kind of superpower you would like to see Melissa McCarthy play. And yeah, we'll talk to you if later. It's, if it's really, really good, we're gonna we're gonna sign you to a deal with our new studio. Yes, so just keep that in the back of your mind. Yeah, yeah, by all yeah. means, and uh, yeah, we'll talk to you later. Bye.